Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever heard the phrase, heads up? Now this phrase can be used in a few different contexts. If I were to take a ball and throw it in a certain direction and yell, heads up, it would be a call to watch out, be alert at what is coming your way. If I were to not throw a ball and say, heads up, it was because some of you are not paying attention or have fallen asleep during the message. Or when you're driving in your car or stopped at a light and you see someone with their head down, well, it usually means they're on their phone. You want to shout at them, Heads up! Eye on the road! Pay attention to what's going on. Maybe you're even the kind of person that gives a little honk warning them. Maybe you're the kind of person that gives a long honk warning them. If I were to come to you individually and say, I just want to give you a heads up about something, I would be giving you a warning about something that's coming your way so that you can be ready when it comes, that it doesn't take you by surprise. You have a little bit of time of preparation for what lies ahead. Or if I were to focus on someone's physical head posture and say, Keep your head up. It would mean that for some reason their head is down because of something that's probably going on in their life. They're sad or they're struggling with something and and don't want to talk about it. Because if you don't look at people, you don't have to deal with them. Or if you think about crying, how many people cry with their heads up? And the other side of things, How many people do you know who are really joyful, have a big smile on their face and keep their head down so no one can see it? Those feelings, emotions, can have different physical reactions. Or if you are told to keep your head up on a field of play, say basketball or hockey, it's intended to make you aware of your surroundings, your teammates and everything else. If you dribble a basketball with your head down or skate with a puck without looking up, you don't know who's open to pass to or what defenders are coming your way. You aren't being helpful to anyone else. You're only focusing on you and the object you have. When we think about the gospel reading for today, there's a number of scenarios that can apply to the idea of keeping our heads up. And it all comes down to this. Jesus is giving all of us a heads up. You see, in the middle of this section, Jesus says, Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Raise your heads. Keep your head up when you see these things take place, because redemption is near. And what does that mean? Well, that's when Jesus comes back again. His return. Jesus' second coming. This is when all people who believe will join all those who are in heaven. That's when he will make all things new. 
Remember, Adam and Eve had the perfect world, and they were lured into Satan's trap. Did God really say, you can't eat the fruit that is so pleasing to the eye and good for gaining wisdom? Surely you won't die when you eat it. God knows when you eat it, you will be like him. And he doesn't want that. But you do, don't you? So here, eat. It's okay. And as soon as they do, sin enters the world. And that's original sin. And that's been passed down to all of us from Adam and Eve. And as a result of that sin, all of us continue to sin. We give into temptation. We lie. We cheat. We steal. We hate. We do all kinds of evil. And the result of all of that is death. The consequence for our sin is death. That's physical death. Our bodies suffer from sickness, disease, and they die. The consequence for our sin is also eternal death. It's hell. What we deserve for our sin is to be forever separated from God. And the only way for us to not suffer hell was for someone to pay the price for our sins, to take our death, to take our hell. That could only be someone who was perfect, who was without sin. That could only be someone who was both 100% man and 100% God. That could only be Jesus Christ. Jesus came to this earth, born of Mary and the Holy Spirit, lived the life we couldn't, didn't fall into Satan's traps, and he died. Died on the cross for all sins, taking everything that we deserve, death and hell, to give us everything we don't deserve. Forgiveness, redemption, eternal life, heaven. And Jesus proved that he won this for us in his resurrection from the dead. So when you hear your redemption is drawing near, it is when Jesus will come again and make all things new. When he comes back, this world will be no more. It will pass away. And Jesus will bring final redemption for all who believe, those on earth and those in heaven. We're talking about the end times, and it's not here yet, but it's coming, and it's coming soon, and we need to be ready for it. So we go back and say, what things are taking place that we need to be aware of so we know it's coming? And Jesus had said in the gospel reading, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. There will be lots of people who appear to be like Jesus, but they're not him. So don't be led astray. Because when things come to lead you astray, they are intended to take you away from Christ, lead you away from the faith, so that when Jesus returns, you are in unbelief. Satan sets a trap for you, so that when Christ returns, you're caught in it, because he wants you to join him in hell. And that's what I think about when I hear Jesus say, don't be led astray, because that day will come upon you like a trap. And this idea is really interesting when you think about Satan setting a trap for you. I know that we often picture Satan as a roaring lion, 
That's pretty biblical from 1 Peter. And we sometimes refer to Satan as a wolf in sheep's clothing because he disguises himself like one of us, hides himself among us only to devour us. But have you ever thought about Satan as a Venus flytrap? When you think about it from the gospel, he knows the end is coming. And so he will appear to be a pretty flower, not harmful, unassuming, normal. He brings you temptations that the rest of the world goes through. He leads you astray, weighs you down with dissipation or overindulgence or debauchery, so sin, and drunkenness, more sin, and the cares of this life like worry and anxiety and fear, especially all those wars and rumors of wars mentioned that you should be terrified of. And persecution and people are going to hate you. Don't even talk about climate change. And man, it's just so much easier to not be a Christian because you don't have to worry about any of those things. Just be like the rest of the world. You surely won't die. And then when Satan has set his trap, And we see that all these things are desirable and it's no different than anything else in the world we see and how everyone else is living. So we get comfortable and we settle in. We take it. That temptation, that fruit. And then like a Venus flytrap, he closes in on us and we're dead. And he wants to keep you in sin and death and unbelief until Christ returns so that you can be where he is. Hell. This is exactly what God wants for you. To be where he is. Except he wants you to be where he is in heaven. And so Jesus warns us of all of these things that are going to happen so that we who believe keep our heads up and that we remember what Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away but his words will never pass away and what words of Jesus matter how about his final words on the cross it is finished because he came to take care of all those things Temptation and fear and worry and anxiety and persecution and hatred and death and sin and hell. And when he died and rose from the dead, he accomplished all those things. Our forgiveness, our redemption, our salvation, our resurrection. And he will come again to bring final redemption. Not yet, but soon. And what do we do in the meantime? We stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. We stay awake at all times. We pray for strength to escape those traps of Satan. Does that sound familiar? How about the Garden of Gethsemane? When Jesus wanted his disciples' support the most, they fell asleep multiple times. They couldn't even stay awake one hour. Why? Because it's easy to be led astray. 
to not be concerned with Jesus' words, his commands, his warnings. Because Satan is laying traps. Because our sinful self gets in the way. Because the flesh is weak. And we have so many things that we make more important than God. What is it for you? Take a look at your life and see what becomes a higher priority than coming to worship, reading God's word, and praying. The flesh is weak. Luckily, the spirit is willing. That's why Jesus sent his Holy Spirit, the one who works in our life, giving us faith, giving us the strength to keep our heads up, keep our focus on Christ, to keep our feet firmly planted in him as our foundation, as the cornerstone of our faith. Here in this place with your head up, you can see the cross. If your head is down, it's pretty hard to look at the cross. The reminder of what Christ has done and what he's accomplished for you. Heads up. See the cross. See the redemption won. See your salvation because Christ is risen. Death has lost its sting. The grave cannot hold you. Victory and resurrection are assured for you who believe. This is his promise for you. And he has given you his Holy Spirit to take this promise and make it your own by grace through faith. You have been redeemed by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And your final redemption is near. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and our risen Savior. Amen.